get Stephen Cluxton this morning, Ashling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can retire. This is your future. No, re- no pressure. Thanks, David. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go up and uh, find out what room he is knocking the door. OTB AM. Live. Weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Off the ball. Daily. And you're welcome to Off the Ball here on News Talk for your Sunday afternoon. John Duggan sitting in for John Malloy today. We're on air until six. Hope you're enjoying the bank holiday weekend and thank you for tuning in. It is All Ireland Camogie Finals Day. Claren Tipperary already underway in the junior decider. Tipperary, two points, Claren no score. Cork play Waterford in the feature at five. Rena Buckley will bring us up to speed on everything from Croke Park, including details on the intermediate final as well. Ireland beat Italy 33 17 in the first Rugby World Cup warm up game last night at around 125. We'll get the thoughts of Gordon Darcy and James Downey on how we did at Lansdowne Road. The best writing of the day and interesting features will be discussed on the Sunday pay-per-view with Conor McKeown and Kevin Byrne from about 2 o'clock. The former Republic of Ireland international Keith Tracy will preview the Premier League season from about half three. We'll also hear from amateur golfer Alex Maguire, fresh from his adventure at the Open Championship. We'll also keep you right up to date on all the football this afternoon. The goals as they go in, there's League of Ireland and English Championship action today and the Community Shield. You want to get in touch with a question or a comment, folks? 53106 at a cost of 30 cents on the text machine. If you want to tweet us or post, as they say in the X world now, you can at off the ball. Aidan Delaney and Amory Donnellan, how are we both? Hi, John. Good, thank you. Very good, John. Very good. We've just watched an incredible Women's World Cup game between the holders, the United States and Sweden, and the USA are no longer the holders. Yeah, they are out of the Women's World Cup after a dramatic penalty shootout this afternoon. Back-to-back champions couldn't find a way past Sweden and their goalkeeper in 120 minutes. It finished nil-all after the extra time. So spot kicks were needed to decide who would head to the last eight and Lena Hertig's penalty securing progress for Sweden after goal line technology showed the ball had just about crossed the line. The Swedes will now take on Japan in the next round and it really was just millimetres. So the first four penalties were incredible penalties and they all started missing then and yeah, twice the quality seriously dipped yeah. twice the United States had a chance to win it mm. they hit the post with one of them another one went sky high and it, it ended up that Sweden had the opportunity to, to go through the keeper was so unlucky she saved it she kind of scooped it tried to scoop it back up but the ball went it was the finest of margins it was a dramatic finish to a pretty poor game neither side had um, many chances they didn't really create any and um, it was a brilliant finish to a pretty poor 120 minutes of football but the United States have not looked themselves in this tournament that team is not what it was back in 2015 and 2019 it's perhaps a shock to holders to go out so early but I think anybody that's seen them in their group games in particular you wouldn't be overly surprised that they're gone and now Sweden, because Germany obviously had the dramatic exit, are the highest ranked team left, number three, and England, who look really, really good, number four. So you'd imagine perhaps the trophy going that way or Or Japan as well. Japan and Spain. I think one of those four. Zachira Musovic, I don't remember saving anything in the shootout, but in the game itself, she was incredible. In the game, she was brilliant. So you'd kind of feel of the two keepers to come away from the shootout she deserved it more so It was one of those games where the United States like, like Anne-Marie is saying it wasn't exactly a game of high quality but the United States were on top and were getting a couple of shots in on goal but with every single save you could just feel the heads dropping that little bit more and it just felt like 
the states are going to need something special to get out of this because the keeper was on such form and, and like you say ironically enough she didn't actually save any penalties a lot of them were skied over the bar and uh, it was O'Hara who took that penalty it was very casual just side footing to the post and it, it just felt like it was just one of those days for the states and, and the American goalkeeper she was so adamant that she had saved that penalty and to be honest if you know in a world before goal line technology it probably wouldn't have been given either yeah, yeah that's correct it wouldn't have been would it it, no. it was Frank very, very the ref didn't the ref didn't know she waited for the message through her earpiece Megan Rapino as well her Missed last penalty yeah. yeah skied over miles over that's her last kick for the United States obviously has been such a veteran servant to them but she goes out poor way for her to go out as well to end her international career but I think that kind of sums up the United States in this tournament they have not looked right arguably they shouldn't have made it out of their group it was um, the post that saved them against Portugal so yeah the United States crash out last 16 and Sweden into the quarterfinals we obviously met them in the group stage ourselves we lost narrowly in Dublin and drew with them over there yeah, a really, really talented side. But, you know, I think it was Carl was saying, Carl on the, the commentary today, he was saying that this is the game, Sweden, the US, is the, the most frequent fixture in World Cup history. So these teams know each other inside out. And, and Sweden looked pretty much happy enough to take this game to extra time and penalties. Obviously backed themselves in those penalties as well. But it, it did look a bit hairy there when they missed a couple of those chances. But, yeah, they'll take on Japan. And I think Japan have become everybody's second side in this tournament so far. They just play such lovely football and, and just managed to get their attack in and the goalkeeper will have to be on form in that last six, uh, last eight game as well. The Netherlands through as well. Yeah, they're into the quarterfinals after a 2-0 win over South Africa in the last 16. Manchester City's Jill Roared uh, was on the score sheet as Dutch, the Dutch will set up a clash with Spain now in the next round. Now the English football season is it almost just feels like it just stopped and is back uh, underway again. Yeah, we've had a bit of a pause, but the FA Community Shield taking place in London this afternoon as Manchester City won the Premier League and the FA Cup last season. They'll face the league runners-up, Arsenal. That game will see Pep Guardiola once again reunited with his former assistant and Gunners boss, Mikel Arteta. And the City manager says he doesn't buy into the theory that his players are satisfied with winning the treble last season and they will be gunning for more trophies. I imagine how you do that as a manager to forget what we have done a good moments experience to forget it what sense is our job we cannot forget the good we cannot review the players the moment start they know what they have to do otherwise even if we don't want it the competition itself will put it in the position so we're going to face a team they are more aggressive we play better and it's not necessary to say guys this is the level you have to regain and this competition this level we need games so we play few few games, we train less than ever because we could not have time and the reality is here. So we need every single game that, uh, you know, to get our patterns, our principles and our rhythm and our, you know, to aware, oh my God, how difficult it is win one single game and how humble have to be and, you know, and put the effort in the, in the right moment every single game. But that is a challenge. We have done it. We have done it in the past. The proof is there. Why should not do it now? Because we won. Yeah, we won. It's perfect. Belongs to us. Now, hearts, memories, forever. It was incredible. But at the same time, once we are here, why should it stop? Let's go. A four o'clock kickoff at Wembley Stadium for City against Arsenal. I'm speaking to two Liverpool fans here. Are we buzzed about the new campaign? Not particularly, I think uh, from a Liverpool point of view, I think there's been quite the clear out, which I think a lot of people wanted, 
you know, kind of midway through last season. But I think they've kind of bitten off a little more than they can chew. Um, obviously, the big kind of outgoing from Liverpool this year is, has been Jordan Henderson going to Saudi Arabia. And just from a, a purely footballing point of view, a lot of people are upset with, you know, his previous statements on LGBT rights and stuff like that. But from a purely footballing point of view, I thought he was probably time for him to go, but to get rid of him and Fabinho in the same season, I thought was a bit overambitious. You're going to push Trent Alexander-Arnold into midfield. The reason he's going into midfield is because he wasn't showing the defensive qualities needed for a right back. He's certainly not going to show them in defensive midfield as well. And I know it looks like Curtis Jones is probably going to sit in that kind of number six role alongside him. He did play that role for the under-21s for England. They were obviously champions for the European Championships there recently, but I don't think he has the defensive capability either to do it week in week out for a Premier League team either so I think it's a case of be careful what you wish for and I think the Liverpool midfield is looking a little bit bare uh, even with the, the you know brilliant signings of McAllister and Sabozlai who look pretty decent in pre-season but I still All this doom and gloom Aiden. Yeah, Five strikers Nunez, Diaz, Jota, Salah, Gakpo It does appear that they're going to try to take the, the great entertainers approach of Kevin Keegan's side in the 90s and, and just try to score more than the opposition which obviously is a, a viable tactic but I don't think there's enough defensive capabilities there for them to I think they will crack the top four but just about Well they might have a few more signings up their sleeve mm. There's all these Still a bit of time Romeo Lavia Southampton Anne-Marie are you as sceptical and as pessimistic as Aiden on this I think Liverpool will get back into the top four. I think Arsenal will be better. Mm. I think Arsenal have done good business, obviously, particularly with Declan Rice and Kai Havertz. And I don't think City, City haven't really done much business. Well, Gavardi all yesterday. Yeah. It was a big signing. But they've been relatively quiet. Yes, Kovacic was the only And City looked unbelievable, almost unbeatable at the end of last season in the run-in and how much of that was down to Gundogan mm-hmm. and now they've lost him. I think he could be massive. I think it could yeah. be a huge loss. Now maybe this is just the optimist in me hoping that we're going to have a good season and we're going to have a title run-in and we're going to have a couple of teams going for it. I really do hope so but you know, Guardiola has been out during the week. Now, we don't know how much of this is mind games, saying that Arsenal will be better and they will be more of a threat. I do think there is um, truth to that, and I hope so. I don't know if Mikel Arteta is a title-winning manager. We'll have to wait and see, but I do think they'll be better. Like, they can't bring in Declan Rice and not be better. You know, the leadership and the quality that he's going to show in that midfield, and no disrespect to West Ham, but he's going to be even better with Arsenal because of the players that are around him. Manchester United title contenders? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can't see it either. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't even know if United will get top four. I think City, Arsenal, Liverpool will all get top four. I don't know in what order. And then it's a shootout between Chelsea, United. Newcastle, probably. Newcastle. Maybe throw Spurs onto that list. You barely mentioned Tottenham, which is probably... We've got matches here as well at home. We do, yes. Two games down for decision in the Premier Division of the SSE Artistry League. Uh, leader Shamrock Rovers are just one point clear now of second place St. Pat's. That's ahead of their clash with Cork City at Tallis Stadium. Kickoff there is at six o'clock. And before that, it's fifth against sixth as Dundalk host Shelburne from five. Rugby news. So we'll have James Downey and Gordon Darcy reviewing Ireland Italy very shortly on the show. 
Yeah, so Ireland, of course, beating Italy by 33 points to 17 in their World Cup warm-up game at the Aviva last night. Man of the match, Caelan Doris, went over the line twice for Andy Farrell's side. There were tries as well from Dave Kilcoyne, Stuart McCluskey and Keen Healy off the bench. And speaking at full-time, the Irish boss said it was good to get the win, although the performance wasn't perfect. Well, obviously, some of, some of the individual performances were, were, were great, you know, to see where people are at. Um, again, uh, having the opportunity, I mean, the, the, the possession that we had in the first half, especially, you know, um, the pressure that we put on Italy, they couldn't get out of their own half, so we, we obviously doing something right, you know, but um, again, converting those, converting those is, has to be key for us going forward. Having said that, I thought Italy, I thought they were um, strong, certainly defensively, and uh, as far as the breakdown is concerned, they put a lot of pressure on there, so they've uh, learned us a few things going forward in, in, in that regard as well. And as far as the, the set piece stuff's concerned, when we got into good positions, um, you know, I think we can um, have a look at that and, and, and convert a, a few more chances, but obviously, Italy defended those malls pretty well as well. So we have Jack Conan, Jimmy O'Brien and Craig Casey all going off with injuries, but it feels that they're going to be OK. Uh, Farrell downplayed uh, the extent of those injuries after the match. England coming to Dublin in a couple of weeks uh, for the second of these three prep games, Samoa being the other one in Bayonne and Ireland going to Portugal now over the next few days. What did we make of it last night? I thought it was probably what you can expect from a team that hasn't played in so long. They were a bit rusty coming into the game. A lot of the passes didn't go to hand. A couple of mistakes early on. But, you know, we knew this would be a game Italy side. And we had Rory O'Connor on the show yesterday. And he was downplaying the the bookies had 21 points favourites or something. And he was saying it was going to be more like 10. We kind of hit the middle there with the 16 points. So I think it's probably as as good as we could have hoped. I thought Jack Crowley looked brilliant. You know, Caelan Doris really stepped up in that number seven role. And we got a, a bit of impact off the bench as well so I think it's job done nobody's too seriously injured that was kind of the concern I had going into the game that we were going to you know see one of our big players going down or something like that but Jack Conan was kind of the one that did he leave the stadium in a boot maybe yeah, yeah he had a boot on afterwards though, yeah. it's, it's very precautionary and uh, you know there was great pieces with him during the week about missing out the last time and, and being in, in a protective boot as well so you were just kind of praying and hoping that he would actually get on the plane and it, it looks like he will so I think all in all job done you know there's some work-ons I think is what they call them in rugby to, to take away from the game and they will be better against England it'll be a better occasion I think mm. you know a couple of the, the fans were just there for, for the occasion last night which is which is to be expected at this time of year so well, they've only, if they're not going to France they've only got two chances really to yeah. see it last night and then the England game yeah, Farrell described last night as clunky and I think that's pretty fair. It's job done, but not particularly a breathtaking performance. Nobody apart from the analysis team are going to be watching it back. As Aidan mentions, you'd imagine the intensity just because it's England will be upped in two weeks time. That'll bring some more to the game. Um, but yeah, like, you know, job done last night. Good as well to see a couple of players standing up in relation to their places. But I don't think Farrell will know too much more today than he knew yesterday. Kieran Frawley was an interesting introduction because he went to 10 in the second half and Crowley went to 15. I wonder will Frawley be on the fringes of getting into this uh, picture? He is one of those players, I think, who's kind of damned by how versatile he is. He can play almost anywhere across the back row or back line. And I think that's kind of worked against him in the past. He hasn't really become a specialised player in any one position. And I think that's worked against him. But he is somebody that can come in and for a World Cup 
like we're going to have it's, it is really important to have a player that can just slot in and, and he looked pretty comfortable coming on last night but I thought Crowley was obviously the takeaway you know will he wrestle the jersey away from Ross Byrne as Ireland's number two he looked he put a pretty decent performance in last night to do so but I think Byrne will probably get the start against England and that's when we'll really know where we are standing Scotland beating France yesterday was interesting in yeah. relation mm-hmm. to Ireland's pool wouldn't totally look past that well, the South Africa game will tell everything. I think if we lose to South Africa, it increases the pressure for the Scotland game. We should beat Scotland, and France were under strength yesterday, but losing to South Africa could would be, be, massive, be a yeah. problem in, in that regard. If we beat South Africa, I think we'll take care of Scotland very easily. Make sure, folks, you don't miss all the action in Rugby Daily tomorrow in your OTB podcast network, bringing you everything you need to know about rugby. Get your favourite local restaurants delivered to your door with Deliveroo. Just open the app, browse some great offers, take your pick, and they'll take care of the rest. Deliveroo food we get it Camogie yeah Waterford looking to make history at Crow Park this evening they're taking on their rivals and neighbours Cork in the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship Final the Daisha have never won the O'Duffy Cup and last featured in the decider for the very first time way back in 1945 the Rebels meanwhile are much more recent champions they won in 2018 but were beaten in the last two finals and we have throw in at 5 o'clock for that game elsewhere Meath will face Derry in the intermediate final from a quarter to three and the junior final the Premier Junior final is on at the minute. Clare are taking on their Munster rivals Tipperary and it's Tip who have the advantage with 27 minutes gone so about 2 minutes to go to half time and it's Tip 1-4 Clare 1-3. Tip had been 1-4 to 1 point up in this game uh, but Clare starting to come back into it and this looks like it might be a chance for the equalising score as well. Feels like a different world seeing Sun at Krog Park I have to say. <laughs> yeah. After the last couple of weekends with the hurling and the football being dominated by the, the rainy weather and Great for Waterford people. I know, look, Cork as well. We wish them the best too. But just for Waterford people going up to Croke Park today, it's just a, it's a very special occasion for them. Oh, it's so good as well for Camogie. You have to go back to 2012 to the last time one of the top three, Cork, Kilkenny and Galway were in the final. 1945, like it's bizarre, 78 years since they've been here. And I just hope that nerves or the occasion don't get the better of them. Like in their semi-final, they went seven points down to Tipperary in the first half. Now, they showed great character to get back into the game, but you can't really do that in an All-Ireland final, especially against Cork, because they'll have um, those players that... Ha- that have been there and that have done it before and have the experience um, to be able to take the game so if Waterford find themselves suddenly slipping right back six, seven points down we could be in for a bit of a cork annihilation but I really hope that doesn't happen because this Waterford side deserves so much to be there they've been so impressive over the last four years or the last few years and it's a brilliant story um, to be there on the biggest day and I hope it goes well for them and as you say yeah the people of Waterford there's huge crowds going up to it obviously their hurlers and footballers haven't given them too much to celebrate over the last couple of years so brilliant for them and I hope it's a good match because it's obviously Camogie's biggest day and it's the day it's on the national station and on the platform so I hope it goes well in that regard Claire have equalised 1-4 apiece now against Tipperary come up to half time as Aidan was saying there we have para swimming world championships action Yes, Ellen Keane has won her 100m breaststroke SB8 heat at the World Championships this morning. The Dubliner clocking a time of 1 minute 22.45 seconds. That means she qualifies for this evening's final in Manchester. And speaking afterwards, she said she had to battle some illness to even make it to the heats today. 
you know, like I was so nervous this morning and I don't know why, like, I think it's just a week of waiting um, and I had a bit of a bit of a cold during the week as well. So I was fighting hard to fix that before today and I woke up this morning feeling good. So, do you know, I just wanted to go out, have fun. That was the most important part. I was in the call room, just so relaxed and I didn't just want to like mess around and see and just kind of make the final. I wanted to do a good swim so that I could analyze it and try and make improvements through the final. So, yeah, I'm happy. Rosini Rian, meanwhile, has come second in her 200 metre individual medley. That's the SM13 heat, meaning that she'll be back in the pool for her decider later on as well. Uh, Shane Lowry is set to miss out on the playoffs over in the PGA Tour, it seems. Yeah, he's teeing off for his final round at the Wyndham Championship this afternoon from three under par. He shot a level par round of 70 yesterday. That leaves him in a tie for 51st place. And there's a two-way tie for the lead with Americans Lucas Glover and Billy Horschel sharing the lead on 18 under par. And as you mentioned, he probably needs, Larry probably needs a, tw- a top 20 finish if he's to make the FedEx Cup. Been a disappointing season really for Shane Lowry. It's been a strange kind of season for him. We have gymnastics news. Yeah, four-time Olympic champion Simone Biles has made a winning return after a two-year break to prioritise her mental health. Biles took victory in the all-round competition at the US Classic. The Americans' comeback is timed perfectly ahead of the World Championships later this year. And of course, she's heading to the Olympics in Paris next summer as well. And racing to finish? Yeah, Galway race is concluding today with the eight-race card at Ballybris. The first off there as around 10 to 2. Aidan and Amory, thank you so much for the news round coming up after the break. It is rugby as we reflect on Ireland's win over Italy last night with Gordon Darcy and James Downey.